When we think about John the Baptist, we usually do so in terms of the way that he's described in the opening chapter of Mark's gospel. We think of John standing on the banks of the Jordan River, clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, maybe a few locust wings left over from his breakfast still stuck in his beard. We imagine him preaching in a powerful voice that the kingdom of God has drawn near and that everyone needs to repent. In other words, we usually think of John as having been larger than life, an uncompromising and charismatic preacher, not afraid to speak truth to power, a man totally dedicated to the mission and the ministry that God had given him. That is not how the Gospels always portray John. His life and his ministry went through some ups and downs, especially after Jesus began his own public ministry. When Jesus first appeared on the scene, John was elated. He tells his disciples, look, there he is. There's the Lamb of God. That's the one I was telling you about. The time has come. And then Jesus starts to act in ways that John doesn't expect. John had told the crowds that the one who was coming after him would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus shows up at the Jordan River and presents himself to John as a sinner in need of repentance. John is confused. Then Jesus begins preaching and teaching. And before long, there are more people going to hear Jesus than there are coming to hear John. John's disciples are jealous. And John recognizes what this means. His own time had passed. From now on, his ministry would be diminished. Maybe God is done with me. And then John finds himself arrested, abandoned by the people, no longer protected by the popular support of the fickle crowds who have moved on to the next big thing. John is imprisoned by those he had offended. And as his life nears its end, John begins to wonder if he hadn't gotten this whole thing wrong from the beginning. He sends some of his few remaining friends to Jesus and they say, look, John is in trouble and he needs to know, are you the guy? Are you here to redeem Israel or has John's ministry been in vain. By the time he was facing the prospect of losing his life at the hands of an apostate petty tyrant, John was apparently feeling that he had been brought pretty low. And I think this might be exactly the point at which John has something important to say to us. We may not feel ourselves handpicked by God to fulfill a challenging and important ministry. It may be hard for many of us to identify with the image of an uncompromising and charismatic preacher willing to speak truth to power. We may not be able to imagine ourselves as capable of the kind of self-denial and spiritual discipline of someone who lived in the wilderness and managed to survive on a subsistence diet of insects. But I expect many of us know what it's like to struggle 
with uncertainty or with disappointment or even with despair. At times, we may even find ourselves wondering if we hadn't gotten this whole thing wrong from the beginning. And when we feel that way, we find ourselves in good company because that's where John landed. John put it all on the line and eventually paid the ultimate price for his faithfulness. And he did so not because he held his faith with absolute certainty or because he experienced the uninterrupted presence and assurance of God in his life. John put it all on the line precisely at the moment at which he had every reason not to do so. At the moment at which his life seemed to have brought him to a dead end. John the Baptist was a prophet mighty in word and deed. He spoke with a powerful voice and was uncompromising in his testimony. But perhaps his most powerful and uncompromising testimony was not delivered on the banks of the Jordan River, but in the silence and the darkness of the cell where he waited on the judgment of those who had wrongly imprisoned him. John put it all on the line when he had every reason not to do so. And in that, he demonstrated great faithfulness. Now, there is, of course, a profound lesson here for us, and not just for us as individuals, but for us as a community of faith. As individuals, we all experience times of uncertainty, times of doubt, times we may feel we've lost our way, or that God's presence in our lives is difficult to recognize. John reminds us that it is precisely in those moments that we have the opportunity to demonstrate great faithfulness. When we entrust and surrender ourselves to God in the midst of our uncertainties, in the midst of our frustrations and disappointments, even in the midst of our despair, then we are more receptive to the love and the grace of God. This is what makes Christianity different than Stoicism. Stoicism is about bearing up in the face of hardship, right? About indifference to the ups and downs of life. Into every life, a little rain must fall. Gotta learn to take the bad with the good, blah, blah, blah. That is not faithfulness. That is fatalism. Faithfulness is transformative. Faithfulness is about surrendering ourselves to the mercy and the grace and the power of God so that our lives become places where God's love is manifest in the world. Our goal is not just to endure the hardships and disappointments in life, but to help transform them into opportunities for growing in faith, growing in hope, growing in love. And that is hard work, but it is first and foremost work that God does. The remarkable thing about this is that God invites us to take part in the work that he is doing, to share in the labor of helping to make this world a place that is governed by faith and not fear. A world that is governed by hope and not despair. A world that is governed by love and not by hate. 
Now that is not work that we can do alone. We may want to do it alone, we may try to do it alone, some of us may even feel we have the capacity to do it alone, but it's work that God gives us to do together. God calls each of us as individuals and he also calls us as a people. He calls us as a community. We need God and we need one another. And God in his wisdom has ordered this world in such a way that his presence and his power are often manifest in the relationships that we share with one another. And like individuals, Communities go through seasons of life. They're subject to ups and downs. They can experience frustration. They can experience disappointment. Sometimes they can even lose their way for a while and forget who they are. And in those times, communities like individuals are called to great faithfulness. They are called to be intentional about creating opportunities for faith, opportunities for hope, and opportunities for love. The communities that do that become places where God's reign is manifest in the world. Communities of faith that are governed by faith, hope, and love are places where the blind receive their sight, where the lame are able to walk, where the poor have good news brought to them, and where the dead are raised. They are places that show forth God's glory in the world, living temples where the Spirit of God is present and active, bringing about transformation and healing and reconciliation. And the thing that enables us to do that work as individuals and as a community of faith is the work that God has done on our behalf. Were it not for Jesus, Stoicism is about the best we could do. But because of Jesus, God has made us capable of so much more. By raising Jesus from the dead and giving him authority over all things, God has demonstrated that there is nothing that can come between us and God. By giving us the gift of his Holy Spirit, God has equipped us with everything we need to be his people in the world, to be agents of reconciliation and redemption in a world that is very much in need of both. So as we each, as individuals, continue to discern the path to which God calls us, and as we together discern the work that God has given us to do as a community of faith, let us be mindful of the example of great faithfulness given to us by our brother John. And let us be thankful for the grace that God has given to us that enables us to respond with faith, with hope, and with love. Amen.